D-S-N-Y. some errands um i had to go and pick up a cat advent calendar a cat advent calendar it's got toys for every day of december oh boy i i was i was a stranger to advent calendars until uh until college and i it doesn't didn't really make a whole lot of sense because i went to catholic high school so i should have known that advent calendars were a thing I showed up to my freshman year of college and uh, Rob, he had an advent calendar. He's like, look, like you just open it up on each day and it gives you a little piece of chocolate or a little piece of candy or whatever. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen before. Honestly, Christianity, yeah. Christianity should be preaching this. We, we used to have one in our kitchen and it was like you, the little tabs weren't ever closed. So like you could just go in there and steal like candy out of there, which obviously is a non-Christian thing to do. Like you just don't do that. Um, so, you know, Santa was watching and everything, but my mom always used to put three pieces of candy for one for each of, uh, each of my siblings and myself. And, uh, yeah, we would just, we'd take turns picking them out. It was so much fun. Absolutely. I mean, Rob was religious about it. Just one piece every day, one piece. And he made it the entire time. I, if I had one of those, I would unload the entire thing on the first day. I have zero doubts about that. I have absolutely no control when patience. it comes to eating candy. Patience, James, just patience. You have to, you have to practice it. I have, I have none. I refuse to practice. Um, all right. So let me, let me intro the podcast really quick because we have something that we need to address the elephant in the room. Okay. So this is episode 80 of the bleacher creatures Yankees podcast presented by elite sports, New York crossing broad and Warwick gaming as always brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. Allison, we got some beef. Oh, yes. Uh, well, first of all, you have to explain to me, because first of all, you didn't do a Google Doc. And I don't want to say the wrong beef. Like, what if we don't have proper beef elsewhere? No, we, but you I... and me don't have beef <laughs> with each other. We got no beef. This is an exclusive no, beef. I that. Yeah, this is an exclusive beef with Emily Nyman, the host of the Breaking Balls podcast, uh, a former guest that we used to call a Twitter friend and we no longer call her a Twitter friend. We got beef. We have beef to say the least. Max Greenfield put in his bio that he is the stats guru for the Breaking Balls podcast. Great podcast, by the way. So check it out. Absolutely. It's absolutely fantastic. But don't check it out because we got beef with them. No. Dealing Max from us. You can check it out, but like check it out with like... Going cautiously, because you have to remember, we made Max who he is today. We made him. We groomed him into the stack guru. So, I don't know. Like, this is a prime example of biting the hand that feeds you. We fed him. Mm-mm. And then everyone else Mm-mm. loves him, too, because we love him. And then they just, they did this. And my, I don't know. I don't know. It's a rough thing to wake up to the other morning. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I think we got some beef with Max too. 
I think we got beef with the whole crew over there because we named Max our official stats genius. They named him their official stats guru. Is genius better than guru? I think so. I think so. But uh, there he is going over to breaking balls. if If you think about the movie, The Love Guru, it was a terrible movie. If it was The Love Genius... Who knows? Probably a little better. Absolutely. Then you're getting into like Will Smith Hitch territory. Love genius. That's right. That's a deep exactly. cut reference right there. Mm-hmm. Let's go here. Let's go. Whatever. Jo- jokes aside, though. Uh, very happy for Max that he has a has a regular position for them. Um, I'm sure we're going to have Max on plenty of times in the in the coming weeks, months possibly years who knows oh there's the appearance of the cat haven't seen tori in a while i know it's because i lock her out of my room oh i was say this <laughs> i i can't deal with the puppy anymore he's driving me crazy he's driving me crazy it's 9 a.m it's just getting passed off to me i mean i'm only i'm only writing now so i work at weird hours last night i was working till like four o'clock in the morning i say working i was really playing video games and i wrote for like half an hour uh but don't don't tell anybody that um and then nine o'clock this morning the dog gets put in my lap and says all right you're taking care of the uh, care of the puppy today and he's a monster allison he's a monster i wish i could show you the barricade that i had to build for him so that he wouldn't tear up the carpet on the stairs i it's it's a deconstructed futon i it's a deconstructed futon that's just blocking the stairway nobody can get in or out i'm trapped down here now hey well that's what happens when you have a maniac pup on the loose um but listen you have to enjoy those small days those crazy days because they're not gonna last very long oh i would give anything for him to just grow up already at this point. I mean, we have an older dog too, Flynn. He just sleeps all day. He doesn't do anything. Oh boy. Well, I have a cat and she's over here trying to open her advent calendar. It's not December. Uh, looks like Tori takes more after me than you. I'm thinking I might have to start opening it tonight and just, just go from now. Well, the cat's already opening it. So it's, I mean, it's over, it's over. Um, all right. So now that we've gotten all of the non-baseball stuff out of the way, uh, we can jump into some actual baseball news. Um, and since I didn't do a Google doc, this is just coming off, off the top with bookmarked tweets. Uh, first things first, DJ LeMahieu declined his qualifying offer as everybody could have seen coming, uh, from 10 miles away because he's going to get a nice fat contract from preferably the New York Yankees in a few weeks. So, yeah, I mean, there's so much news this week about DJ LeMahieu, and honestly, it all happened, like, today. So, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. But, of course, we knew he was going to decline the qualifying offer. You just knew. Like, that was something Yankees did to, you know, help help cushion it in case he does decide to leave. Um, yeah, you knew nice he pick. wasn't going to accept that. Right, exactly. Um, because DJ LeMahieu is an MVP caliber player and he only received one vote for uh, first place. I think that was from Brian Hoke too. I think he tweeted out that he was the one who did it. He did. And you know what? Kudos to you. I'm glad you can admit that that was you. 
great. We we respect, we stand Brian Hoke for sure. And not, nothing wrong with playing a little homer now and again. I mean, DJ, he had a heck of a year. Uh, I didn't pick him to win MVP. I picked Jose Ramirez. I immediately regretted that mm-hmm. vote. I wish I had picked Jose Abreu looking back. Uh, even though Ramirez led the league in war. Um, but either way, I mean, DJ had a really nice year. It's third place in the AL MVP voting, going into free agency after uh, another two, uh, 2019 was a pretty solid MVP caliber year for him too. I mean, he's due for a pretty big payday. Exactly. He's definitely worth it. And I think the best part is prior to them calling out the, uh, the AL MVP, on the MLB network, DJ LeMahieu stated that him and the Yankees were, quote, a good fit, unquote. Oh, I love it. Give it to me. Give me you more like DJ. Give me more DJ. You like to hear it. Because the last thing you want to hear is him just giving, you know, regular vague comments about where he's going to end up. Because the fact that he thinks and he knows that the Yankees and him are a really good fit is a really, really good sign. And it makes me feel so much better about the whole situation and the fact that the Yankees haven't signed him yet. Absolutely. And DJ is one of those players. I mean, obviously we don't know DJ LeMahieu personally, but we kind of do because we both own computers. So we know what it's like to be DJ LeMahieu. Uh, It's, I would imagine it's very important for him to play for a winning team. Uh, a lot of guys will just take that big contract. They're here to get their payday. Uh, I mean, just, they're going to play hard for whatever team they, they end up with. But for a guy like DJ LeMahieu, I think his preference is probably winning over money, as long as the money's comparable. We're not talking like if the Los Angeles Angels offer him a five-year, $150 million contract and the Yankees only offer $400 million, I think we know where DJ is going to go, but it is important for him to win. And the Los Angeles angels aren't going to be a good winning team. And the Yankees are every single year. The Yankees are going to be a competitive team. So it is a perfect fit. Uh, It does bring up questions about the Yankees continued mentioning in the Francisco Lindor sweepstakes. I don't think anybody actually thinks that Lindor is going to be a Yankee, but Yankees Twitter wants it so badly. I just, I don't understand the hype and I was going to write about this tonight and I think I'm going to wait until I cool off a little bit more, but I understand the hype over Francisco Lindor. I don't understand the hype with build up your outfield, having those young players work hard. Clint Frazier is, he's going to have to be included in a deal like that. Him and some big names, Davey Garcia. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of big names that you're going to have to give up in order to get him. And it's like, if that's the case, Yankees already said they don't really want to spend too much this off season in general. So you think they're going to splurge for a, uh, a high end outfielder? No, they're going to resign Brett Gardner. Isn't that what you guys don't want? Yeah. Brett Gardner is going to be playing every day again. Right, exactly. So, I mean, there there's so many different factors. I think a lot of people just look at it at the surface, just seeing Francisco Lindor, oh my God, hot name, let's make him a Yankee. But this year, it's going to be difficult. Next year, free agency? You know, but it sounds like the Indians are looking to trade him this year. So, I don't know. Yeah. And we've talked about this last time. The other uh, shortstop class coming up is good. Yeah, I don't think there's any situation. Once the Indians trade... Francisco Lindor. I don't think there's a situation where a trade 
uh, team trades for him and then doesn't immediately sign him to a long-term extension uh, like the Dodgers did with Mookie Betts. Because you're not, I mean, you're not just going to give up that much to get Francisco Lindor and then let him walk. You're just not going to do it. And for the Yankees, they don't want to spend money. They don't really have a position for him because you want to keep that, that infield intact because of how cost controlled it is. I mean, Gleyber Torres hasn't hit arbitration yet. Gio Rochelle is cheap. Luke Voigt's cheap. Uh, DJ was cheap, uh, cheap ish, 12 million for what we got out of him. 12 million annual value is like dirt cheap. Um, But I mean, you just, there's really no need for him. So why would you overpay for him? It's just not going to happen. And I love Corey Seager. I think, I think Brian Cashman, uh, the Dodgers may very well try to extend him, but I think if he becomes a free agent, I think that's going to be the number one target of 2021. Go get Corey Seager. And then we'll make the decision on whether or not we're ditching Gio Urshela or Luke Voigt or moving one of them to a bench role uh, and Glaber Torres the third. So, I mean, here's the other question, too, and I I did bring this up in an article earlier this week. Do you think the Yankees would consider signing a solid defensive shortstop to a one-year deal to kind of bridge that gap? I I don't know. It it really falls on whether or not you bring DJ LeMahieu back because you're not going to take – labor Torres out of the lineup no matter how bad he is defensively and we don't know for sure that labor Torres is going to stay bad on defense I mean it, it, he played shortstop in the major leagues for the first time in a 60 game season I mean, we can't judge him on that yet yeah I think that's the question I had is you know kind of trying to imagine um a life without DJ LeMahieu which I must say I don't want that to happen. I want DJ LeMahieu back. But if for some reason the Yankees do not go after him with all they've got and can't reel him back in, which I still think they can, then you have um, a vacant hole. You're probably going to switch Glaber back to second base. You're probably going to want to sign a shortstop. You're not going to want to trade for Francisco Lindor. You might sign, but you're going to have to spend a lot of money for Marcus Simeon. Um, you might have to spend a lot of money for uh, Simmons because, honestly, the shortstop pool this year is it's not great. But, like, even Didi, and I know we talked about Didi, but, like, even for a year, one year of Didi Gregorius could potentially be better than a full year of Glaber Torres at shortstop. Yeah, I mean, Didi's numbers defensively have kind of dipped since we – I mean, we loved him defensively when he first came to the Yankees. He was he was great. They've kind of dipped. Um, but, yeah, I think when you get to that point, when you have to sign a shortstop – I mean, we can't have Tyler Wade. We just can't have that. He cannot be the right. starting shortstop for the New York Yankees. He's just – we can't have that in a, in a championship contention window. So you're probably going to go look for a guy. I would love to have Simmons. I think it would be a, a really refreshing change of pace to have a, a fantastic defensive shortstop up the middle. And that can really cover a lot of holes in the infield defense. And the left side with Gio and Simmons, oh boy. I mean, everything's getting swallowed up that way. He's not going to hit a lot. Um, and DD, right, maybe right. DD hits a little more. Maybe the defense isn't quite as good. Uh, but if we're living in a post DJ LeMahieu world, those would probably be my two most likely 
2021 shortstops. And then you do whatever it takes 2021 right. off season, go get Corey Seager. That's your long-term, that's your long-term shortstop. And I know we're kind of just getting into like, just imagining this future where DJ is not on the Yankees, but with that, I feel like whatever they end up doing this off season to get a shortstop, if DJ is gone, is going to really give us a better idea of what they're going to do next year. Because if they're signing a shortstop to a multi-year deal, they're not going after Corey Seager, which sucks because they should. But also, you kind of have to see if they're if they're really willing to go all in on those types of players if they're not willing to go all in on DJ LeMahieu. Absolutely. I mean, Seager's not even the only shortstop out there next year right. either. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's yeah. every chance that that Seager signs an extension with the Dodgers. Is they love him. They love him there, and they have just as deep pockets as the Yankees have. Uh, so then we're maybe looking at Trevor Story, who I would love. It always reminds me of when Derek Jeter was a free agent, <laughs> and he has Brian Cashman. Who would you rather have a shortstop than me? And kind of a cocky free agent move. And Cashman's like, are, are, are you kidding? I'd rather have uh, – Shoot, I forgot his name. The uh, Troy Tulowitzki, because he's a Yankee and he just doesn't doesn't pop up in my head as a Yankee anymore. But he was like, "Yeah, I'd rather have Troy Tulowitzki at shortstop." But I guess we're kind of stuck with you. And I think Troy. that's what would be Trevor Story too. I think yeah, well, Trevor Story would be pretty nice. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, I was going to move on to another topic unless you want to talk more about. Our good friend DJ. No, keep it rolling. Gary Sanchez. Yankees are open to a Gary Sanchez trade potentially, and they've been speaking to Yadier Molina. Mm. I hate it. 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 It's the worst. The Yankees just naturally like to go after these players that are pretty much past their prime. Pretty much. I mean, Yadier Molina is almost 40, pretty much past his prime. Dude, this this nice man's going to need a walker in a couple of years. Especially if he's staying behind the plate. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he's just – this is such classic Yankees. This is such 2013 Yankees. Uh, let's go get Vernon Wells. Let's go get Travis Hafner. Who cares how old Jason they are? Nix. Yeah, give me Jason Nix. Come on, man. Yanni Molina is not that good anymore. I mean, he's a fine catcher. But I, if, if you're looking for defense – I would rather have Kyle Higashioka. And if you're looking for offense, I would rather bet on Gary Sanchez than Yadier Molina. It's just, that's just a fact. If you're really not sold on Gary Sanchez, if you really believe right now it's time to move on, forget Yadier Molina, go get a superstar catcher in JT Real Muto. You have that option. It's out there. You can sign him. And if Gary Sanchez is really gone, then that's the move. You can't just be out here with, uh, after everything we've seen from Gary Sanchez offensively, I don't want to go back to having a defensive-minded first catcher. Like, I don't want Kyle Higashioka in the lineup every day who is just, yeah, like he blocks a lot of balls. He's a good framer. But, I mean, does he hit? No. Does Yadier Molina hit? No. I'm sure he blocks balls. He calls a nice game. Who cares? Who cares? Not only that, but Yadi also wants a two-year deal. So, no, get, I mean, it's not like you're, it's not like you're, oh, hey, one year, good, let's do it. No, this is two years. So, in 2022, you guys are complaining about having a 35-year-old Brett Gardner running around the outfield. You're going to have, like, a 50-year-old catcher behind the plate. So, there. 
bro, I'm not paying Yadier Molina at 40 years old to complain about how he's not the primary catcher. Like, get out of here. Come on. We are smarter than this, Brian Cashman. You're smarter than this. I know. I mean, I think it's, I think it's worth it to, you know, ask questions, you know, see what's out there. But at the same time, like, this is the news that's coming out is that Yankees are in, uh, are in talks with Yadier Molina. And they're, you know, against the Mets. Well, the newly improved Mets. We'll talk about that later. I, I do like, like you know Molina what? for the Mets as a backup catcher, you know, not as their starter. You know what I would like, though? If the Yankees are going to trade Gary Sanchez, I want them to trade to the Mets. I want them to do a crosstown trade. So everyone's like, oh, good. Gary Sanchez, good riddance. And then he crushes it. I want to see the man crush it. Because Yankees fans do not deserve him. They don't treat him right. They we don't deserve cheer him. for we him. We treat him right. We treat him they, right. Well, yeah, I think we do. But, like, literally every single mistake just tear the man down. That's all Yankees fans do. So, you know what? Give him an opportunity to maybe be somewhere that people love him. And I think the other side of New York could be that place. Because, you know what? They're expecting to be bad. It would be even better. Absolutely. I think the Mets are – I mean, Steve Cohen nailed every possible sentence oh, yeah. that he could have in the he press conference. He Marcus Stroman back. Yeah, just immediately. Mark Stroman's like, yeah, I want to come back now. I want to play for this guy. And this is, I mean, it's a breath of fresh air for MLB ownership to hear an owner, someone who spent billions of dollars on a team, say, yeah, I want to build a winning team. I think the fans deserve it. Why doesn't everybody do that? It's a genius move. Who knew? Actually uh, appealing to the fans? Yeah, and, and all of a sudden players say, hey, this guy wants to build something. He's got deep pockets, and he'll, he'll spend money to bring talent here. So I want to go be a part of this. Marcus Stroman is like, yeah, all right, let's run it back. I'll accept the qualifying offer. So now we're on Mets' side of uh, the podcast, and I do have to say I definitely agree with you. I think Steve Cohen is just – a miracle for the squad. He was literally got announced that he, you know, he has purchased the team. And then an hour later, the entire front office staff was just demolished. Oh, took everybody out. Everybody. Exactly. Brody Van Wagen hit the curb. I mean, this is stuff that people have been complaining about for years and years and years that the New York Mets and finally, and you know what, if I were the Yankees, I'd be kind of, kind of scared. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the thing. We've always thought of the Mets as the little brother because they've always been the little brother. They've always been a small market team in a big market, which makes no sense because they make enough money to be a big market team. And I have no, this is, this is an unpopular uh, opinion for a Yankees podcast. I don't think people are going to like that. I say this, I have no ill will towards the Mets. I'd love to see the Mets be good. I think it's great for New York baseball if people can argue in the office about, no, my team's better. No, my team's better. And it's just, it's going to get people interested. And that's all you really want in baseball right now. You just want people to actually be interested in what's going on besides the psychopaths like us who will follow literally anything just because it's baseball. You know, the other thing, too, that I've noticed, and I saw it over Twitter and in articles and stuff like that, like, just the fact that Steve Cohen treats these people as people, 
not yes. ball players. Yes. You know, he understands understands the ball player aspect, but we've talked about this so many times. He really like respects and understands the human element. I mean, you saw it with Marcus Stroman, like after the speech, Marcus Stroman tweeted, he was like, Yep, I'm I'm all in. Like this is what I want and this is where I want to be. And Steve Cohen goes on Twitter and he's like, Great, I can't wait to meet you. Um, you know, we'll get together, we'll chat a little bit more. Like he like he's a person, not like an all-star pitcher you just re-signed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy to think that's all an owner really has to do to be on the side of the players and just get their support. It's just be a human being. But, of course, we don't see owners be human beings. We see them be mindless profit drones. And I mean, there, I have no doubt after – I mean, Cohen's been the owner of the Mets for like a week and a half, and he's already the best owner in Major League Baseball. Agreed. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, I have another topic. It's more of a fun topic to discuss. Would you like to hear it? Yes, let's do it. Um, all the fame, all the, the great hits, everything that Clint Frazier has done has been great. So you'd think that he would get free food wherever he goes, like, you know, New York, just love and respect him. The poor man can't get a PS5. Oh, nobody yeah. can get a PS5. Nobody. But Aaron Judge got a PS5. Well, uh, it's Aaron Judge is the face of the Yankees. He Aaron Judge didn't get a PS5. Somebody got him a PS5. Clint's, well, I think Clint's on his way. PS5. He's on his Clint way. Frazier's 0 for 2. 0 for, what was the other 2? What was the other 0 for? Oh, no, he's 0 for 2 with the PS5. He went to two different places. Oh, he tried to. Oh, man, that's bad. He should have pre-ordered it. I bet Aaron Judge pre-ordered his. I would assume so, or someone just gave it to him so they could be like, yes, you're the face of Major League Baseball on PS5, so we need you to do this. Yeah, yeah totally fine. I mean, he was on the cover of MLB The Show a couple of years ago, so it'd be kind of bad if that guy didn't have a PlayStation. But poor, poor Clint Frazier. The man is running around NYC or wherever the heck he is right now with his girly. By the way, got her some fresh kicks. Yes. Goals. Dude, he's got so many sneakers. Um, I love it. I know. But no PS5 for Clint Frazier. So poor man. You know, no all the thing for nothing. That actually does remind me. I was, uh, I was checking out my time hop the other day. I still use time hop. Um, and it brought up an article that I wrote at this time last year, like two days ago, exactly a year ago. And the article was about uh, that video of Clint's cats trying to catch the water out of the sink. And I wrote a whole article about how his cats are teaching him to be a gold glove defender. And look at him this year, gold glove finalist. I mean, I, could I have called it any better than that? Jared and tag him. You know, you want to. I think I did. I, if I hadn't, if I didn't, I'm going to have to go back and, and look because I, that was just, I'm pretty sure I did. That was just so funny. I totally forgot that I wrote that article. Um, and it just pops up a day after Clint Frazier loses. He lost the gold glove, but I mean, to be a finalist, pretty big step up. All thanks to, all thanks to Phoenix, the cat. The character development. I mean, that's absolutely amazing character development we love clint frazier we're gonna get clint frazier to come on the podcast one day that's my that's my life's goal now i'm okay with it i think this could work absolutely um 
Okay, I have a more depressing story to mention. Uh, the Yankees restructured their minor league system so that the Trenton Thunder and the Staten Island Yankees no longer have an MLB affiliation. It is now the Hudson Valley Yankees, I think, and the Somerset Patriots. Uh, so I'm kind of worried that means we've seen the end of Rookie the Bat Dogs pictures with future Yankees. I didn't even think about that. <gasps> no! Yeah, it's just uh, that's the first thing that popped into my head when I found out that the Trenton Thunder would no longer be affiliated with the Yankees. I wanted to find out if the person who would be in charge of of rookie and dash would be transferring to Somerset to be with the Patriots. Cause I mean, that would be huge. That would be perfect. As long as rookie is still in the mix, I'm pretty much okay with it. But if we lose rookie, if we don't have pictures of rookie and Aaron judge rookie and Brett Gardner, like we don't have those for Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt and all these guys, and uh, Jason Dominguez. I mean, Jason Dominguez needs a rookie picture. Come on. You made me really sad, really sad, because I didn't even think about that factor. I mean, we need to start a campaign, hashtag save rookie, or well, I don't something. think I don't think rookie needs any saving. I he does. He's still going to be with he the does. Trenton Thunder. It's still a team. No, 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 no. He is not get stuck in Trenton when the Yankees aren't there. He was only in Trenton because the Yankees are there. He needs to go. He's a third generation bat dog. Well, they're still going to have bats in Trenton. No, he's a third-generation Yankees bat They're just going to be Atlantic League bats. And he's no. going to have to learn the whole new rule set because the Atlantic League is, is the guinea pig for Major League Baseball rules. So, guys, uh, they're doing the, the rule where any passed ball you can run to first. You can try to steal first on any passed ball. Yeah, that's a real rule. That's a real rule now. So just imagine it's like – the first pitch of the at-bat, it goes all the way to the backstop, and the guy just takes off. And rookies be like, what do, whoa, hold on, hold on. That wasn't – there was no hit there. Uh, what about the bat? What do I do with the bat? I just – he's going to have to learn a whole new rule set, and I don't like that for rookie. I'd like for him to stay with the Yankees organization because I don't want him to learn the Atlantic League. I mean, they have robo-umps. How is rookie going to respond to robo-umps? I don't know. I don't know. It, well, he'd be terrified terrified i mean he's not yeah. going to really know he's just going to see the umpire with headphones in and instead of like paying attention to the game the home plate umpire is just going to be sneaking him treats all night i mean honestly does that sound so bad though if you were a dog no but that's eh, that's fair it's just it's going to be a big change for him and i don't know how he's going to teach dash the ropes if he has to make all these big changes oh my gosh puppy politics here Jeez puppy politics um yeah all right so what else do you have for the yankees um well once again i know i brought this up a while ago but um cy young award winner trevor bauer has stuff to say about his relationship with garrett cole he keeps saying i would certainly talk to him about if that's something he's open to we don't have much of a relationship they had our differences in their colleges about nine or 10 years ago, and he's a different person now. Is he? This is, is he? What he said. So if he's a different person now, I wonder how immature he was back then, which 
Oh, he was, especially before he had like statistical evidence to back up all of his, all of his at advanced analytics and like spin rate stuff before colleges had the technology to measure that kind of stuff. He was probably just talking so much shit and just like, I don't know, Trevor, I don't see any difference. You only throw 94, everyone else on the team, Garrett's over here throwing 98. You're only throwing 94 and you're going to say Garrett is worse than you. I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just a it's such a weird relationship. And I feel like the fact that Trevor Bauer continuously tries to defend the fact that they're okay means that they're not okay. I just, I don't know. You can't take that risk if you're the Yankees. First of all, on a one-year deal, no thank you. Um, second of all, with Garrett Cole as your ace, your workhorse, and you're like, oh yeah, let's bring in another guy who he probably doesn't like but is going to be really good. I don't know. I'm not going to do good things for the team dynamic. Yeah, I mean, the simple answer is just talk to Garrett Cole. Say, hey, Garrett, is this something that you guys can work through? Or is there nothing there at all? Or is it too much? Is it too – it's going to be a distraction for the locker room? And you get your answer, and then the Yankees decide whether or not they want to spend money on Trevor Bauer. I mean, I'd love to have Trevor Bauer in New York. I think he's a great pitcher. Uh, being a worldly person, and you as well, uh, we understand that his antics are good for the game. They bring eyes to the game. And on a stage like New York, his antics would certainly bring attention. The elderly boomers, however, will not like Trevor Bauer because he speaks. That's it. That's all, that's all it takes for boomers to be out on a player. He just speaks. I mean, I don't like that. I've, I've admitted it on this podcast before. I don't like the way he speaks to the media I don't like the way I like the way he speaks his mind I like the way he speaks to the media just not in New York yeah I mean it's it's it is a little bit different in New York because of how scrutinized everything is uh than it would be in Cincinnati where it's it's just not it's not the same and I I think he'd be great for the Mets too um but it's if you're looking at it from strictly uh talent and game development standpoint like bringing trevor bauer to new york is a home run for both teams and it is going to attract a lot of attention is it the attention you want maybe maybe not there are a lot of fans apparently you included who would not welcome trevor bauer's antics uh i for one would because you know i just think it's a little bit overblown I think the media is going to run with what they're going to run with. As long as everybody's good in the locker room, as long as the clubhouse is good with each other, doesn't matter. doesn't matter to me. So uh, did you say that Cincinnati is just kind of like low-key media presence? I mean, tell Sonny Gray that. I think he thought the same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. I almost completely forgot about this. Oh, my word. Listen, oh. I, st I still – I don't even want to call him pickles now. Like that's no. Oh my God. Why would your mind go there? Oh my, what is wrong with you? Are you, come on. I mean, we were always wondering how he got that nickname because it's the stupidest nickname in the world. But I mean, after, after that tweet, I think we know. Listen, listen, Sonny Gray had to have been hacked. He had to no, have been hacked. No, come on. Come on. I, listen, his last liked tweet before that was in May. No, come on. You know he <laughs> likes those tweets. You think he just 
was like, you know, five, six months later, and he's like, oh, let me, oh, wow, this is the first thing that shows up on my Twitter? Like, what? He probably, he probably just forgot to sign out of his burner. <laughs> Come on, you, Sonny Gray absolutely has a burner account, and he's absolutely using it for those types of accounts on Twitter. And it's just... <laughs> oh, that was oh hella entertaining, and it took all of took such a distraction for me away from Trevor Bauer winning because I was like, oh, yeah, did you hear about that Cincinnati Reds pitcher? Oh, no, not the one that won the Cy Young, the other one. No, the, the, the one with the not-safe-for-work pictures and his likes. And I love you. If he was hacked, he definitely would have said, like, I was hacked. I don't know what's happened. So I've contacted, like, Twitter, and I've contacted my media people, whatever. But... He just he just unliked the posts. He's like, oh shit, Smart I got man. caught. I got caught. <laughs> oh shit. That's what Sonny Gray does. After starts, he just runs up and down a list of posts like that and just likes them all and then unlikes them before anyone finds out. And this time he just he missed two. Maybe maybe he got a phone call while he was doing his unliking and he just forgot to unlike the last two. But I mean, he just he just went back and unliked them as, as if nothing ever happened. But the internet is forever. And now somebody has screen grabs of what Sonny Gray was liking on Twitter in, in their phone camera roll. I oh my God. laughed so hard. I still love Sonny Gray, but I totally understand now why New York just like had a weird thing for him, like a weird thing. They were like, eh, I don't know if I really like this guy. Let's get him I don't out know here. about this Sonny guy. I mean, he's pretty yeah, quiet. Man, like, there's like... got to be something weird going on here. And Cincinnati's like, <laughs> oh my God, come on in. You're weird too? Great. Oh my God. Oh, it's it's an absolute nightmare. I, I, I said this in the ESNY Slack chat yesterday, but I had a friend from my bartending days who used to like uh, posts like that on her Twitter account. And one day I was just like, I don't know why I was feeling extra generous that day. And I just wanted to just get it all out there because it's a very uncomfortable topic of conversation. I said, listen, uh, when you like those posts, sometimes it shows up in the, in the Twitter feed as X liked this post. And she was mortified. <laughs> and I have to imagine that Sonny Gray, a professional pitcher, a Cy Young caliber pitcher who is just, widely renowned for his opposition to the media finding out on Twitter that everybody could see what he was liking on his Twitter account was uh, he had to be mortified. He had to be done. I just throw the whole phone in the ocean. It's over. You're done. Quit baseball. You can't ever go back in the spotlight. Oh my God. Poor man. I mean, I say poor man because I'm like, yeah, that's super embarrassing, but it's also really entertaining as as hell. Because, like, also, here we go again. He's a baseball player, but clearly he's a human being. So, anyway, that's uh, a human being with a with a pretty loose grasp on how Twitter works. Oh, sunny, sunny, sunny. Oh yeah, so I mean that's that's honestly all the news I got. But that yeah, was that that seems like a pretty good uh, spot to wrap it up on. <laughs> Sunny Gray, oh boy, oh. I can't believe I almost forgot about that. This happened yesterday.
I know that's shocking. So much happened in the past like two days it, that it just made sense. Yeah. All right. So we will, we'll wrap it up there. I think we actually got closer to half an hour this time. Last time we said we were going to keep it to half an hour. It ended up being 40 minutes this time. I think we got pretty close. We did. I believe I haven't even been keeping track, but I'm sure we did. Me either. All right. So we'll wrap it up there and we'll see y'all next week. All right. Peace out. <laughs>